The History of Riddings Park Part 1 The Riddings Estate Riddings Park as we know it today originated as the grounds of a private house belonging to Robert Watson, a local textile manufacturer in the 1800s. But the story begins centuries earlier. The Riddings Estate, spelt with an I, was originally part of the Catlow Estate, owned by the de Catlow family in medieval times. The estate was divided in the 1500s, and part of it was taken by the Ridding family, who owned it until 1631. A property known as Riddings is shown on the Ordnance Survey map of 1848, and the footprint of this building lies within the boundary of the modern Riddings Park. Whilst little is known about the building and its state of construction, the layout on the map is consistent with a large yeoman farmhouse or minor hall of 17th or 18th century design. A second building is shown on the map fronting onto Fielding Lane, and this is now the stop and rest public house. The estate passed through several changes of ownership before Lower Catlow Hall and its lands fell into the possession of Robert Watson in the mid-19th century. He was born in Blackburn in 1818, but by 1846 he was in partnership with John Buller and John Fish in Oseltwistle, operating as cotton manufacturers at Stonebridge Mill. The mill was situated in the small valley known as Tinker's Brook, and Foxhill Bank was the main settlement at that time. By 1851, Robert was living at Hippings. Partnerships with both Buller and Fish had been dissolved, the weaving mill was demolished, and Stonebridge Mill was subsequently rebuilt as a spinning mill. On the 26th of April 1853, Watson bought two parcels of land, which were catalogued as Riddings and Higher Catlow Hall, in order to expand his business. He demolished the Riddings and constructed a new house. There are no records or documentary evidence available detailing the development of the new property, but Riddings Hall was built in the style of an early Victorian country house villa at a cost of £16,000. The northeast facade of the house with its tower and grand entrance steps overlooked a circular croquet lawn. From the northwest side of the house, steps led down to an elongated oval terrace. The southeast side backed onto the conservatory, various glass houses and other service buildings including the walled kitchen garden in the far eastern corner. This service entrance to the site was overlooked by a lodge, with a narrow track leading down to Fielding Lane. From the balustraded upper terrace, the family looked over a formal flower garden, divided into four quarters around a central circular bed. The main axis of the garden led to the ruined tower, or folly as it is better known now. It has been suggested that the tower was once part of the original Riddings, but there is no evidence to corroborate this, and its design and position would indicate otherwise. It is much more likely that it was constructed with stone from the old house as an eye-catching structure in the gardens of the new Riddings Hall. In March 1854, Robert was injured in an accident. He was returning home from Blackburn on Friday the 17th of March at 11pm by luggage train. At Church and Oseltwistle, he alighted the carriage while the train was still moving, fell under a wheel, and his right foot was crushed. 
He was conveyed home, and on Saturday several surgeons were in attendance. It was decided to amputate below the knee, and it would seem he made a full recovery, as by September 1855 the Watson family were residing at Riddings and had eight servants, including gardeners and the coachman. Mr. Watson was also responsible for the development of housing in the vicinity, and thus had a strong influence on the area around the park. He gradually sold off portions of the western area of the estate to build rows of terraced housing, including Hornby Street and Park Lane. These were to be used as accommodation for the workforce at his new steam-powered weaving factory known as Riddings Mill, which was built in 1856. By 1861, houses had also been built on the lower section of Riddings Street to house the managers and departmental foremen. Tragedy struck in January 1865, as Robert's brother Walter was drowned in Tinker Brook, aged just 35. A newspaper article reported that he tried to cross a wooden bridge, fell through the rail, and drowned before he could be rescued. There was a gloom over the family at the hall, where he was to have been present at a party, and his death came a mere three weeks after another drowning. Following the cotton famine of the 1860s brought on by the American Civil War, cotton manufacturing became increasingly difficult, and between 1861 and 1871, Watson's workforce reduced by nearly 100 people. The cotton industry was heading into slow decline, not helped by two recessions in the 1880s. Having staved off bankruptcy in 1869, Parts of the parkland were sold off to prop up the ailing business in 1882, and land was donated to build St. Peter's Church. Finally, in 1887, the Watsons moved out, and Riddings was put on the market for either sale or lease. The villa was advertised for sale as a mansion with vestibule, hall, large dining and drawing rooms, library, breakfast room, small sitting room, large nursery, nine bedrooms, two dressing rooms, servants' rooms, kitchens, butler's pantry, and two bathrooms. There was also a range of other buildings, including conservatory, stable block, wash house, coachman and gardener's cottages, a laundry, vinery, and greenhouses. In late 1890, John Buller took the lease of Riddings, but early in the new year, he was due to attend a Conservative Party function in Accrington when he fell ill with a lung infection. His condition showed no signs of improvement, and it was decided he should go to Monte Carlo to recuperate in the warmer climate. He broke his journey in London at the Metropole Hotel, but took a turn for the worse and died suddenly. The 1891 census finds his son by his first wife, George, at Riddings, awaiting the reading of the will and the distribution of the estate. When George got his hands on his inheritance, he embarked on a world tour, and on his eventual return in 1895, it was expected he would take up residence, but he showed no interest in the company that was the source of his great wealth. With an unwelcome bill for £3,000 on repairs and improvements, he quit Riddings and headed off to pursue his interests in shooting, sailing, and horses. Watson and Sons had finally been forced into liquidation in 1892, when Riddings Mill was sold to the Shaw Brothers of Blackburn for £7,800. 
Robert Watson moved to Southport, where he died aged 84 in 1903, and the estate was passed on to other members of the family. Riddings Hall had fallen vacant by 1900, and the house was falling into disrepair. The grounds were unmanaged and the gardens completely overgrown, to the point where the paths were barely discernible. With the business and occupants gone, the future did not look bright. Then, in 1907, a plan emerged for the Urban District Council to purchase the Riddings Estate in order to create a public park for the citizens of Oseltwistle. The Riddings Estate was written by Ken Moss, with thanks to Hindburn Borough Council, Accrington Library, Lancashire Records Office, Chris Burnett Associates, and John Wayne. Music was by the Grimethorpe Colliery Band. The programme was produced by Maverick Productions for Hindburn Borough Council. <laughs>